Praise the Lord, everybody. God's looking good out there today. Everybody's feeling good. It's living for God's great, isn't it? It's exciting living for God. Just got to live this life to expect the unexpected because he is a God of the miraculous. He's the God of the unexpected. That was a, that was a great Sunday school lesson this morning, Brother Scott. I enjoyed that and uh, looking forward to what God has in store for us this year. I'd like to read a Bible verse that's on my mind just now in prayer. It says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. You know, we're in a fast this week, and uh, that term peaceful coexistence comes into my mind. This flesh doesn't want to, you know, be disturbed too often and if I just go along with this flesh that there's a peaceful co coexistence with the spirit that God placed in me but anytime I want to start trouble I just start denying this flesh and shortly after that trouble is on its way and that's what I want I want to start fight with this flesh of mine and uh, the kingdom of God is taken by violence that means I'm not going to let the things that come against my entering into this kingdom and my being blessed in the spiritual realm, I'm not going to let this flesh get in the way without putting up a fight. I'm going to fight my way into the spiritual realm. And it's a fight. we got to put this old flesh down. We can say, let's all pray. And within 30 seconds of praying, I start yawning. My back starts hurting. My feet start bothering me. And I'm going to, I'm going to overthrow this flesh today. I'm going to have less of me and more in God this year. Less of John and more of God is what we need. So we're going to start today with this church service. That's where it starts today, first day of the week, Sunday. And uh, we're going to keep that in mind and fight. We're going to fight for this. It's worth fighting for. My family's worth fighting for. My loved ones are worth fighting for. My neighbors are worth fighting for. I'm going to fight for them. I'm going to fight when they can't fight on their own. I'm going to ask God to help me. To give me the power to do that. We're going to take up an offering. I got a couple of young volunteers today that are going to take up an offering. One of one of them's chickened out. One of them's going to have to do the whole job. You got you got both shifts, buddy. So don't disappoint this young man. He's expecting something in that pan today. Don't let him down. Praise the Lord. Let's enjoy this service today. Hallelujah.
and end of everything that's good and I've got my mind on forever I got my mind on eternity I got my mind on a kingdom without end and all that that encompasses so you are what you think I'm thinking a lot bigger than this government and a lot bigger than this world a lot bigger than that praise the Lord y'all may be seated feels good today in the house of God sister Diane's got a special us today ask you to Bless her, pray for her, and sing with her if you know it. I just want to say this little thing before I sing this song. This song right here is every single thing in this song has happened to me. <laughs> and so it is my testimony, my living, breathing testimony when I sing today about the river of life. The river that flows, flows forever. Back and forth. And out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And that's what we want always continually flowing. Thank you, Jesus. So worship with me by singing. And sing along if you know the song. That's great. It doesn't matter who 
just words to a song, not just words that a preacher says about this river of life. I'm going to truly washes over you. It's delivering. It's, it's, it's a river that has so much hope in it and peace and comfort in that river. Just, just step off into that river. Step off in it to it today. Find out about God. God says, taste and see. Well, he's good. He's good. It's the most real thing in this world. You'll discover it's the most true and real thing in this world, that spirit of God. Ah, oh, my goodness. It takes care of so many things. It takes care of everything. Praise the Lord. Brother Erickson, time for our pastor today to minister the word. Bless him today. Bless you. 
Thank you all for coming and being here today. Yes, the Bible says that he who regardeth the clouds shall not prosper. <clears throat> and uh, they say it's going to rain and freeze and all sorts of things. But I'm glad to be in the nice, warm facility among God's warm Christians. Amen. Amen. Turning your attention this morning to Deuteronomy, the second chapter. We're going to read verses 1 through 7. We should have it here on the screen for you. Deuteronomy chapter 2. 1 through 7, and um, try to preach a thought to you this morning that will hopefully will be a blessing to you. <clears throat> uh, just to give you a heads up, Deuteronomy is, um, is a second chance of, of Moses speaking to a new generation. Already in this story where we're at in, second, in Deuteronomy chapter 2, Already Israel has been floundering in the wilderness for 40 years. And so this message to Deuteronomy is, is, is the second book. It's the next book to uh, define what God wants to do for his people. And so it's full of hope. It's full of opportunity. Amen. Um, then we turned and took our journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. As the Lord spake unto me, and we compassed Mount Seir many days. And the Lord spake unto me, saying, Ye have compassed this mountain long enough. Turn you northward. And command thou the people, saying, Ye are to pass through the coast of your brethren, the children of Esau, which dwell in Seir. And they shall be afraid of you. Take ye good heed unto yourselves, therefore. Meddle not with them. For I will not give you of their land, no, not so much as a footbreadth, because I have given Mount Seir unto Esau for a possession. Ye shall buy meat for, from them for money that ye may eat, and ye shall also buy water of them for money that ye may drink. For the Lord thy God hath blessed thee in all the works of thy hands. He knoweth thy walking through this great wilderness. These forty years, the Lord thy God hath been with thee. Thou hast lacked nothing. By just taking off from verse number two, you have compassed this mountain long enough. You've been there long enough. <clears throat> and I want to preach to a new generation. Behold, old things are passed away and all things have become new. This church should be the new generation. Amen. It doesn't matter how old we are. What matters today is how young you are in God. Amen. And so, Lord, I pray that you bless your word. Thank you so much for what we have read. Lord, I pray that you would bring it to light. Lord, that it come alive. Lord, I pray that you would bless each and every one here today. Lord, that your will would be done. Lord, do great things in this place. Unlock doors. Lord, set the captive free. Open the blinded eyes today who are, Lord, wrapped up in this world. God, God, touch the deaf ear. Oh, that we might hear once again. Lord Jesus, open and touch our tongues today that we would show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Bless, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. A number of things happens here in early Deuteronomy. Moses uh, reviews the past history of the nation of Israel. And um, he doesn't spend a lot of time talking about the last 40 years. It actually is only one verse uh, where he speaks to them. He lets Israel know uh, that uh, the things that they had done wrong, the sin, was something that God will forgive, and yet they had to leave it before the Lord, and that the Lord's plan was to prepare a future for them that would give, bring them above all their problems and all their issues of life. And so God, uh, Moses reminds Israel here of God's guidance, how that he has been faithful to them. Uh, the nation had been gathered uh, on the plains of Moab, on this side of Jordan, and now they had been around Mount Seir for uh, uh, almost, well, one full year. They had been there, uh, there enjoying uh, having the, the tabernacle in one place, the Shekinah glory shining at night and the cloud cover during the day, uh, Israel having water and manna that, that provided for them, and uh, and they were, they were setting in, they were getting uh, satisfied with their location. Now, I am convinced today that God will never allow us to be satisfied with our location. Uh, one thing he doesn't want us to do is to say, I'm going to just become complacent because I've got all my ducks in a row. I've got everything taken care of in my life and I, I don't need anything more. I'm happy, content, leave me alone, don't mess it up. But it was, it was here that um, they, they failed to comprehend the big picture. They, they, they couldn't see uh, what was going on. God had brought them out of Egypt and it delivered them. They, they watched Pharaoh and his armies and all the chariots dashed by the, the waters falling upon them and, and to see them no more. They, they saw God take care of them and, and everything. Uh, the bitter waters of Mara, they, they uh, cut down a tree and cast it in, and it became sweet again. God provided them uh, manna to eat, and he gave them all their, he, uh, their needs. Uh, he provided them water that would follow them in the rock, and the rock was Christ, the Bible says. All these things happening in the wilderness where they had no crops and they had no fruit, uh, fruitful uh, orchards. No promise of tomorrow, just trusting that God would take care of us today. There's a lot to that today. I think that's where God wants us to be. Not, not that we can't gain things, for, for the Bible speaks that it's, we do well to take care of our flocks and, and to allow our prosperity to grow and increase. And yet, God never wants to take us and our relationship with God away from the fact that I need him today in my life. I can't trust today, Brother Stevens, on my 401 well, Scott told us in Sunday school in closing, he said that um, if you could live off on 4% of your 401, I thought, oh, we're in trouble. <laughs> and that'll buy a meal. <laughs> Maybe. It took them 40 years to get to where they were. 
But here they were living on a, on a mountain, thinking that probably they were thinking they had a mountaintop experience. God's taking care of us. We're happy. Got our tent, got our place, got, got safety. The enemies aren't attacking us. Everything is good. But God did not want this to be the place where they saw God's blessings in their life. It wasn't just where they were, but the problem was, was that in their wanderings, did you know that in 40 years, Israel wandered in the wilderness? And Deuteronomy 1 tells us they could have done the journey in 11 days. 11 days, and they wasted their lives away. They chased after things that were not real. Their hopes were dashed because their hopes weren't in the Lord. They weren't trying to do his will. They were trying to simply uh, be satisfied with as much as they could get. And my friend, it's a dangerous place to be today. This tragedy, 40 years of unbelief, it wasted their time. They lost an entire generation in the wilderness with all the promises of God that he would give them bountifully. He would provide for them fruited land. He would bless them with a land with milk and honey, meaning that there was milk of the flocks that would provide for them and take care of their needs. There would be bees, which speaks of a, 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 um, a land that was, that was protected. It was a land that was good. It was a land where bees would come and build their uh, Hives, thank you, honeycombs. I was all I could think of. Eleven days. They wasted their time. They wasted their energy. They wasted the purpose of God. All their man hours spent, their labors, trying to improve their location instead of going where God wanted them to go. Brother Scott said today in his Bible study, he said that his, he's always, always told people that he would be there until the Lord told him to go somewhere else. And that's a commendable, commendable attitude. Amen. It stole from God, hit the glory due his name. God wanted them to be a nation that would be an example a nation that would be a light set on a hill. He wanted them to be influential in their world. And they were satisfied, eking by, never trusting God. It's just what God did for them. It was like it left God doing the minimum daily requirements instead of God doing what he wanted to do for them in their lives. So the Bible says that Moses began to declare his law to this next generation, to this new and living generation. And it's interesting today that when the Bible speaks here in, in, in the Hebrew, that when it said that he began to declare God's law, declare here literally means to engrave. Moses began to say, don't 
just live for God on Sundays and Wednesdays. You need to take this word and apply it to your day tomorrow. You need, God knows what you need to hear, and you're hearing it today because God takes care of us. He's a good God, amen. Oh, if we would begin to simply take the word of God for me and not just another Sunday morning service. From Sinai to Kadesh Barnea, God had a plan for them. Here the nation was camped in Horeb. From the third month of the first year until the second month of the second year. This is talking about the new generation, not the 40 years previous to this. For a year now, they had been on Mount Seir, thinking that life was all that it could be. All that God possibly could give us, he's given us. If we want more, we're going to have to do it ourselves, was their attitude. They failed to let faith flow like God wanted it to flow. They failed to realize that God wanted to move mightily in their lives. Ask anything Jesus said in my name, and I will give it to you. Moses talks about his own failures, but now let me just get to where I want to go today. The problem was, their short-sightedness book was, was that they were living on not heathen land where they thought that they could, maybe we'll just take this land for ourselves. Maybe this is the promised land God wants us to have. But they failed to realize that this, this was actually family. This goes all the way back to Jacob and Esau. And this was Esau's lineage. This was the promises of God that God promised Esau. Now, I don't want to throw a wet blanket on you today, but you, you need to come to the realization that not everything around you God wants you to have. Some things he's already awarded and given to fulfill his will to others. You see, when we're looking at the land right here under my feet, ah, Chelsea Church, it's always going to be this way. I don't know. God, Lord, help us, but what happens if there's a fire this week? It's going to be the same people, and we're going to have to work on our faith that the faith wasn't in the building. It's not in the land. But God wanted to take them to that glory place, that place that he promised them, a land flowing with milk and honey. Why is it so special? Because you can inherit it. It's for you. I prepared a place for you. Thankful to raise up in my family and my mom and dad. I had good parents, lovely home. And when my parents passed, I, I did receive a, a, an inheritance from them. I, uh, all eight of us did. My mom was remarkable. My daddy retired from upstate New York in 1967. And just a year and a half ago, my mom died. So how many years is that? It's a bunch. That she has been getting his state pension all that time. 
That was a lot, but I mean, it doesn't matter. It gathered. Tons of money she had in the bank. Where she had just, she wasn't even living off her social security. Remarkable. God's blessings. But if, but if all I did was say, I'm staying home. This is no reference to the, you guys. I don't, don't take this wrong. I want you to be home with your mom and dad. But if I stayed there when I was 35, there's a problem with that. Because somehow my, my foresight, my, my vision has, has somehow warped. It's wrong. And I'm thinking that, that there isn't more, that God doesn't want to take me into a new and better place, that God doesn't have a plan for my life. And that's what, that's what Israel was facing here. The, the Lord finally spoke to Moses and said, you, you've wasted your time around this mountain long enough. Go northward. Woo! I want you to know today, God's got a plan in your life. And sometimes we get stymied on the things of life and we get in a place where, where everything has been taken care of and I'm, I'm trusting God. I'm thankful for what God is doing. But can I tell you, God is not finished yet. He's got a place for you. Amen. And when I say a place prepared for you, I'm not just talking about heaven. I'm talking about a place where you can inherit, a place where you can win victory over the giants, a place where you can win battles over the enemy, a place where your children can grow. Oh, ah, if they stayed there, they would have been on borrowed property. If they stayed there, they might have taken the wrong thought process of God thinking he had given it to them when he hadn't. Oh, what a horrible day that would be when they came to a day of reckoning when they wanted to sell a piece of land only to find out it's not in your name, sir. I'm talking about the way God works today. I, I know that was back uh, thousands of years ago. I understand today that the rules have changed. But let me tell you what hasn't changed. There's a God today who's taking us through a process, a path of life. And what he wants to do is he wants to bring you to a place where you will flourish. A garden. I guess this is going to be what we got, honey, and we're just going to have to be satisfied. Just my little Social Security, a little here, a little there. That's no way to think. Who said God has to give me a job right now? I feel like I have enough jobs right now. <laughs> If I could just get the water unstopped in my cabin, I'm going to be happy. Next week, fosters are going to be here, and they, they want to be the first ones to stay in our cabin. Well, I've got some work to do. Elaine's got some work to do. God, he, he didn't want to leave them there. Do you understand? He cares so much for them. He wanted to bring them into a place that he promised. He's faithful. But how difficult is it for God today to work in our lives when we are simply going in circles in the wilderness or becoming satisfied on a mountain that's not our own? 
Can you imagine how many days God said, I've got a mountain for you that's going to be yours. This is Mount Seir. This is Esau's family. I've already given it to him. I need to bring you, my people, into a place where I can bless them. It's not just about manna and water out of a rock. There's more to God's plan today for your life. It's not just to sustain you and get you by, but it's to God's blessings. I keep coming back to all this that we keep hearing. There's more today for you. There's more in living for God for your life in this very room. And you need to see beyond the, the, the walls that are holding you in. See beyond the controls and the vices and, and the things and the problems and the habits that have controlled us up until now. One day, God set them free. Amen. Well, it took a day to take Israel out of Egypt. And then it would take the rest of their lives to take Egypt out of them. This message hasn't gone near like I had hoped it would. I hope I'm not killing you or boring you or any of the above. I want someone to realize today, here we are starting a fresh year. It's time to get up and quit putting limiters on God. It's time to realize today God wants to do a work in your life that you don't even realize. You don't even know it's possible. You don't even know what's available. Amen. Can I tell you today, everything in God's kingdom is connected. It matters how you live for him. It matters how you give to him. It matters how you love him. It matters how you fellowship with his people. It matters what you're doing in the work of God. That's why we have these things we do, because we want you to be involved. Why? Because it's all connected. Forty in the Bible is always a number, which means judgment. Forty years they spent. Forty years. God is waiting for the chance to finally bring about his will in their life. And I'm not using that number to scare us today or, oh, honey, we're here for 40 more years. <laughs> Answers one question, but then another one. <laughs> oh, I, I somehow I hope I'm conveying this. God knew what he had to do to take Israel into their promises. And God knows what he has to do to help you. To move you into a place where you could take off those blinders like a horse has and be able to see the whole picture. To realize today that some people say, you know, that city is a burned over harvest. No, it's not burned over. We just need to realize that God wants us to possess the land. Take, take dominion. Amen. You see, ownership in God's kingdom, that's where he would bless their 
offspring, their children, their children's children, their children's children. That's where they would grow and increase and they would see exponential growth in all of Israel would be through the process that God ordained from the very beginning, seed time and harvest, four seasons, birth and life and death. And today, we are sitting on this keg, as it were, of dynamite. Because all that's missing today is not God's vision for you. It's not that he hasn't already been faithful to you, because he has. But it's this ability for us to realize that he is taking us to a new place in order that we can be what he really wants us to be. It will always require me to change my thinking. Because I am human and I can have stinking thinking. But God's plan changes not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he wants in your life has never changed, has never varied. But oh, sometimes he's just waiting us. You've marched around this mountain long enough. Go northward. God wants to move in your life. Just a little more prayer about where God wants to take you this year. Just a little bit more altar calls when you could say, God, not my will today, but thy will be done. Just a little bit more involvement. We aren't saved by our involvement in church. No, we aren't. And yet, it's in the house of God. It's through feeling right with God's people and right with the ministry and, and right with my soul that I am able to take on more and go farther and move from the Holy Ghost. It's the ability that my blessings come in my home. This, I remind you, the waters that the prophet saw, they flowed outward from under the altar. And the waters, the Bible said, have fish in it and life. And, and I've, I try, bless God, to imagine, sometimes I try to imagine just Ezekiel's house there, the, the house of God, and, and watch how the waters flowed. And, and, and if you want to, you can get in it. If you want to, you can drink of it. If you want to, you can buy in. God's plan today is not God waiting around the corner with a lightning bolt to strike you because you're bad. God's plan today is that if you would ever come to grips with God in your life and repent, get your own heart right with God, then the sky is the limit. He's set his word in place. The dynamics of the world around us, everything, it, it doesn't matter what, who the king is. It doesn't matter the strength and the armament. It doesn't matter how, who has atom bombs, atomic weapons today. No, it really doesn't. What matters is that we have a faith and a walk with God because I'm convinced the Lord will help us. I heard recently, several years ago now, of one of those major uh, um, 
tsunami that came in over the islands. And the devastation was there. All except one tent. A woman that was known to be a prayer warrior for God's kingdom. And nothing happened to that tent. It stayed up. It was a shackle of a house. It was, you know, a little wood, you know, little metal, little, you know, duct tape. It wasn't, it wasn't that the house was so valuable. It was that God protected her. I offer you today not the confidence of where you stand, but the confidence of a God who is for you who said he will go with us. He would never leave us nor forsake us. Listen, how do we get into this thing? Well, as I mentioned, you have to repent. Ask, go to God. They don't have to do it in front of me. You just have to find a place of honesty and sincerity with God where you can say, God, I want my heart to be right with you. I need a starting place here. I'm going to live for you. You need to be baptized. Well, oh, baptism, that's just a religious doodad you've got in your church. No, no, the Bible commands it, actually. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, we have a little baptistry up there. It's not, not just to get you wet, but it's because there's an action that when you obey it, that's, what, that's where obedience begins in our lives. We obey it. We're baptized in Jesus' name. And then, and then the most incredible place we find ourselves is that God promised, but God promised that he would fill you with the Holy Ghost if you would simply repent and obey him. And God would help you. Now, I don't know if it'll be at this moment. So some people coming out of the water are... Filled with God's spirit. Others take a little bit of time. It doesn't matter. I don't care. All I care about is that you are wanting God in your life. And when you repent and you get baptized and God fills you with the Holy Ghost, oh, my friend, you are on a journey knowing that God is for you. Amen. Well, Brother Erickson, I'm a good person. There are no established rules in the Bible about how many flat tires you have to fix for little old ladies to be able to be saved. doesn't even talk about the guy who invented peanut butter. And I believe that he was right there close to God. <laughs> Nothing to do with a guy that invented AC, heat, heat and air. I'm very thankful for it right now. And this summer I'll also be thankful for it. No. We don't have those promises of, of men's work and technology. But it's a simple act of obedience. No one's going to make me do it. Then don't. But one day I hope that you come up to a place where you want God in your life. And I pray I could sit down with you for just a moment and show you that I, what I'm speaking today over this microphone are, are well-established truths in the Word of God. I could show it to you for yourself. And when you obey it, God is going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. And you are going to live an incredible life for the rest of your life.
Praise God. Would you stand with me today? Let's love him and worship him right now. Would you do that? Oh, I, wish I, I wish I had you running around the church today. Oh, God, I give you thanks and praise. What an awesome God. What an awesome God today. Hallelujah. We don't measure God by our surroundings. That's what my message was today. We measure God by his promises. We don't measure God today by all the good or the bad that's going on in my life. We measure God for where he's taking us. You've marched around this mountain long enough. It's time to get up and go the direction I have told you to go and trust God today. God is going to do a work in your life. Amen. I refuse to let myself live in a world where I'm satisfied with my own works, my own thinking, my own vices or devices. Oh, I want to get myself in that realm where God can speak to me. God will speak to you. You see, I'm no one special. I'm just another man like anyone else is here. I promise you, I, yeah, yeah, God speaks to me for the church. I, I don't want to kid you. But, but my point of it is that, is that God wants to speak to you also about your life, about your household, about your neighbors, about those you are influencing. God wants to use you in a mighty way today. Amen. Before we leave here, I'd like us to come down to this altar. Amen. I'd like to see the Lord touch. Now, <clears throat> no one's going to make you do anything. and We're not going to come down and nab you, so don't be afraid. But isn't it time, oh, to take this word and say, God, I've been, I've been going around some, a territory that I thought it was where you wanted to plant me. I thought it was, I thought it was the promised land. But God, you're, you're getting ready to move me to the promised land. I've been walking on somebody else's territory. I've been on somebody else's property. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I'm so thankful today that your word is able to speak to us for our life today, not just yesterday. I'm so thankful today, Lord. Oh, God, that you want to do a work in our lives. God, fill with the Holy Ghost here now. Let your spirit move right now, Lord. Oh, God, touch every heart and life right now. Let there be obedience, Lord, that we as human beings would, would repent of our sins. Ask God to forgive us. I wonder if you do that with me right now. There are no right words to say. There's nothing that you need to say to anyone else but just between you and the Lord. But I wonder if you would just lift up your heart to the Lord right now and say, Lord, I want to be sure that I am totally, completely living by your direction and your spirit. And Lord, if there's anything in my life that would hinder that, anything, Lord, that gets in the way, Anything today, Lord, that would, would stop God from being able to speak. I don't want to wait, Lord, for 40 years to find out that your will is not changed and you still want the best for me. 
But Lord, I want to be willing. I want to be available. I want your will to be done. So forgive me, oh God. Cleanse me, oh God. Let me walk in newness of life today. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. These are things you have to do on your own. I can't do it for you. Repentance and baptism are, are all a part of obedience. God is inviting you today. Amen. To be that man or that woman that God is going to work mightily through your life. Amen. Amen. I'm going to trust right now that the Lord knows what he's doing. As I mentioned, I, I was really hoping to have you all shout and run a little bit today. But I, either I botched it or I'm going to trust that the Lord can do something with us right now. I, I invite you today to say yes to the Lord in your life. When I preach today that everything is connected, everything in our life is, there is no part where I don't need God in my life. There's no facet of my life today where I can say, Lord, I can take care of this on my own. But Lord, we're learning how to trust Him more and more and more. What a wonderful Savior. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Is there a song? sing this song in closing today. preach and challenge you to do more please don't please don't misread me as saying I don't think you're doing enough I just understand today that God is doing a great work in your life amen and I trust today that the Lord is going to help you this week the Holy Ghost would speak to every one of you and would give you direction for your life Trusting the Lord, walking in His love. Amen. Walking victoriously. In Jesus' name, God bless you today.